You are listening to the NLL Podcast. Today, Jordan and Chris discuss the Suns and other league-wide issues. Today, we're talking with Phoenix Suns GM, Chris. How are you? I'm okay, thank you. How are you? Good. Now, you joined about a month ago? Um, Yeah, probably about a month ago. Beginning of December, I'd imagine, so coming up for two months. Okay. And how have you found the league so far? Um, it's quite tough to grasp at first. Um, first couple of weeks very hard, getting used to the system and everything. But I mean, it's pretty straightforward once you get the hang of it. Yeah. And how do how do you view the Suns at this moment? Um. Well, hopefully we've got some sort of aim now. We're looking forward to rebuilding over the next couple of years. Um, obviously the main focus of that being James Johnson, the draft pick last year. Um, when I first took over, I think it was a bit of a mismatch of uh, personnel. We had some old guys who were pretty talented, who would probably be good for a contender. And we had a lot of perhaps young and inexperienced guys as well that we needed to bring through. So I'd say we're trying to get an aim. And the main reason of establishing this season is trying to push forward and then Hopefully, make us a bit more competitive next season. Because you don't have your own pick this year, so you want to be as competitive as possible. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this season we've got to try and stay pretty competitive, but we've got to try and do that within the limits to bring these young guys through as well. It's a bit of a tricky task, but hopefully we'll get there. Yeah, I, I mean Johnson is certainly he looks like a good piece to build around because he'll have the all-around game. And looks like he has some good rebounding big men. And uh, I personally like Granger. But then you'll need probably a point guard, it looks like. Well, yeah, obviously the point guard's the main priority. I mean, that's the one thing that we said from day one. We haven't really got a point guard to use. Obviously, after I traded TJ Ford um, to try and get Granger in because we needed someone who was a bit more efficient than what we currently had. Um yeah, we we tried to get we obviously got Jarek in and Lopez um, just for short term measures, but I mean we're trying to get someone in there. Um, I mean obviously James Johnson that was a huge stroke of luck by me. I mean obviously I didn't pick him, so to get someone like that and have him on your team's you know a great building block for us. Yeah. And I'm trying to look. Oh. And Granger is expiring after this year, but will you look to keep him? Um, yes, uh, we've already uh, started negotiations on that. Um, we're hopeful. Depends what, obviously, Granger wants to do. But, um, yeah, we'll just sort of start negotiations and hopefully we can get something done there. Yeah, because it looks like if you have Granger and Johnson, you'll have two very good wing defenders and... I mean, obviously Johnson will be better overall than Granger, but Granger's not bad. Yeah, I think um, to be honest, when looking at it, I think Granger's um, signing him was obviously a, quite a good move by us because he's quite efficient and he's obviously pretty good defensively. But I mean, James Johnson's kind of, although he's exploded the past week. I mean, obviously he's been mentioned, but um, looking at it, he kind of has been a bit unlucky, really, because we've kind of had to move him around different positions. He hasn't just played at number three. We've had to play him at two and four as well, and to try and get this team a bit more balanced and 
try and get us competitive. So I hope that doesn't obviously hinder him in the long term, but you know, hopefully it'll develop pretty nicely for us. Yeah. And will you look to hold on to Bogut and Hadadi? Um, yeah, they Johnson, Johnson, uh, Hadadi, and Bogut are pretty key for us over the next couple of years. Hopefully, they can get some sort of uh, feeling going together and um, can develop a bit more. So then we can have an efficient trio there to build around. Yeah. And you recently brought in two assistants with uh, championship experience in the league. How how have they helped you out so far? Um, well, they to be honest with you, they've been a great help. I, I saw they were both obviously one of them was looking for a job, um, couldn't find any uh, any GM positions. They kept getting rejected, so I spoke to him briefly on. Uh, about it and uh, said that if he was interested in coming to be an assistant um, obviously Luke agreed to that um, I'm delighted to have him he's been pretty helpful he's been working the trade front for us also just giving a few tips about like the NLL and how things are done um, so yeah so far I've been really impressed with Luke um, as for Thomas he's been with us I'd met, I think for a couple of weeks now Um he obviously stepped down at Atlanta and didn't have the time commitment to take over and carry on as a GM there. I mean, proven track record like Luke, obviously, done very well for themselves in the NL. And, yeah, it was a bit of a no-brainer for me. I thought, why not try it? You know, you can only try to ask these guys if they want to be interested. Thomas obviously agreed with his history at the Phoenix. Um, yep, come in. Bit of, helped us a lot with the, um, obviously, some couple of ideas um, three of us have been generating brought in a lot of new like, ideas and different things we could try over the season um, yeah obviously they've both been really helpful um, but at the end of the day my word goes so um, yeah it's been good help really yeah it seems like a pretty good setup right now with what you have there yeah it's a good setup I mean we all interact pretty well and um have obviously generate it's better having three brains than one at the end of the day um, yeah they, I mean I can't praise them enough for it they've been a huge help huge help yeah especially because Phoenix was probably one of the hardest situations to turn around so it, it's good to have all the help you can get yeah exactly I mean yeah I mean I like, I like a challenge so we'll see how it goes hopefully we can get a bit stay a kind of competitive this year and hopefully push on and you never know next year yeah and are you looking to move Iverson um well that's the kind of million dollar question isn't it at the moment <laughs> I mean everyone has been saying how awful Iverson is you know that huge contract and his age against him um I mean I'm gonna be I'll be open we are looking to move Iverson but we're not gonna move him for something stupid um, and everyone's been saying, oh, he's, you know, he's going to retire, he's going to retire. I mean, let's be honest, would you re- would you retire around three, three years at $15 million? I don't think so. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'd imagine he'll retire quite happily after that. So, yeah. yeah. We have been looking to move him, but, you know, we haven't had the offer that we like at the moment. We're still working a couple of different routes, and hopefully we can get something done. On the one hand, 
if you're able to move him for expiring contracts, then you'll have plenty of cap space. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we I think we can get a better deal for us and just cap space, to be honest with you. I mean, if you're a contender sitting there right now and you kind of haven't really got anything off the bench or you haven't got someone who can step up and, you know, provide that extra bit that you need just to get through the playoffs, I mean, there's your man there. I mean, I think he's one highest-rated scoring uh, guard in the league, isn't he, I think, in, yeah. at the moment? So, I mean, it's a bit of a no-brainer, really. I mean, if you're looking to go forward into the playoffs and, you know, you, you're going to look to try and win it in the next couple of years, Iverson's a perfect man to get, isn't he? So. Yeah, if I didn't have uh, Navarro, I would take a look at him. But I already have the scoring spark off the bench, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've had a couple of guys look in and interested, and hopefully, you know, we get some more interest in. I mean, he's a proven scorer, you know, he's one of those guys. I think he's one of the only guys in uh, the league who can just take over games and just completely run them. So I think there's an option there for, for contenders, definitely. Yeah. And what is your overall take on the league as far as how the season is shaping out do you think anyone has a chance to challenge Detroit um well I mean there's been a lot of talk about obviously Sacramento um with that Shaquille O'Neal deal and oh yeah let's talk about that now they've just signed Alan what did you think of uh what the Kings have done recently um well I, I think I think the Shaquille O'Neal trade actually makes some sense now after the Allen move. Um, when the Shaquille O'Neal trade went through first, everyone was pretty questioning it. And I, I'm going to be honest, I questioned it as well. You know, he's, he's an old guy, and uh, why would you move him for Brad Miller, who's, I would argue, he's just as good as Shaquille O'Neal these days. Um, but now, obviously, they've brought in Allen. kind of makes sense. They, I, I'd imagine they're going to move Kobe to point and Allen down to uh, at number two. But, yeah, I, th- I think I, I just can't see pe- anyone beating the Pistons this year. I think next year there could be questions asked because I could see the likes of Cleveland and possibly Sacramento, depending on what they do in the offseason, um, pushing to try and take Detroit in the East. I well, mean... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say... I actually like the Sacramento deal because while Brad Miller is good, from my perspective, Mm -hmm. Sacramento is now much harder to match up against. Yeah, okay, yeah. Just looking at my team, when I played Sacramento, I just put the beat on Brand, Davis on Kobe. That was all I had to worry about. Yeah, I mean, obviously you, you got a fantastic result against them, didn't you, recently? So, uh, yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, but, I think... Uh, go ahead. Go oh, ahead. no, but I was going to say, but now I couldn't do that because then I would have Zach Randolph on Shaq, and that's not going to work. <laughs> so now they're <laughs> yeah. they're just a lot harder to match up against. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the deal, like I just said, the deal makes sense now. But I think Sacramento has got the best chance of winning it this year than they've ever had because of that deal. I think next year... It's going to really depend on what they do in the off-season. Sure, they'll still have a lot of their key personnel there, but it, I think it will depend on what they do that off-season. Yeah, because who knows? 
Shaq's 38, so he'll be 39. Yeah, exactly. Retire or not. And actually, next year will be the first year that Kobe starts to decline in the game. But even if he starts to decline, he'll still be the best player. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, I I still can't see them beating Detroit. I'm going to say that now. I, I still think Detroit will win overall. But I think Sacramento should, with what they've got now, should easily walk the Western Conference and should be back there with Detroit. Yeah, I matchup-wise, I actually think Charlotte provides the toughest challenge for um, Detroit right now, just because of the three. I mean, the when they brought in Noah and Wallace, and now they can match up a little bit better with them. Yeah, I mean. Obviously, they've got Wallace as well and Noah, like you said. Um, uh, I think if they get a couple of key injuries, then there could be issues there at Charlotte. Um, obviously, you know they've got Duncan and Wallace who will start for them, and uh, Noah starting at uh, number three. So I think it's quite an interesting matchup for that one. But I still think Detroit just has the firepower to get past them. Yeah, I think. I mean the the one matchup that um, Charlotte would own, would win would be Duncan, but other than that, I still think Detroit outmatches them at every position. Yeah, yeah, I have to agree with you there. <laughs> but and, yeah, I mean, I think this season also, um, whilst we're talking about the league in general, um, it's kind of shown how strong the East is. I mean. They're, it's pretty tight compared. To, I mean, definitely compared to the West. I mean, we're what are we? I think we're twelve, fourteen, seven, fourteen, seventeen now. I mean, we're only a couple of games with the playoffs. I mean, if you put us in that Eastern Conference, God, we'd be down the bottom three, I think. So, you know, it kind of shows that the East is kind of in the battle over the West at the moment. Yeah, the it's it's been like this for a while. Um, the past three seasons. It's taken at least 46 wins to get into the playoffs in the East. So you really have to... I mean, even if you're a 45-win team, you're not a playoff team in the East. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, that that is just just quite astounding. That's the only league that I've been in that the difference has been that great. I mean, normally it's pretty even. You know, if you put a team who's a similar ability, similar similar wins-loss, you normally within one or two different places in each conference. Now, I mean, looking at the league in general, I mean, it's definitely just so wide now, isn't it? Yeah. And you mentioned uh, Cleveland earlier, and they've gotten off to a decent start, but it looks like if their players develop, they could challenge Detroit in a few years. And... The one issue they might have is matching up with LeBron. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously we've been talking about it, and that is still a very, very young roster there. I mean, the rumors are they might be moving Jason Terry, so if they can get something good for Jason Terry, or perhaps you know, get something in return, then I mean, in a couple of years they could be front runners in that division easily. I mean. Tab has done a great job there. I mean, from what I've heard, I mean, apparently they were in pretty bad situation when they took over. 
they uh they were the eighth seed the year he took over, but oh, right. their their ceiling wasn't high. Like that was their ceiling basically. Yeah. Uh so you know, he's had to kind of rebuild the side there, you know, from a playoff team back through. So, you know, he's done pretty well there. I mean I'm I'm a fan of Brandon Jennings. I think he'll be a bit of a star for them in the future. Um and obviously they've everyone's been talking about the uh Cole Old Aldrich, I think his name is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, obviously they've been talking about him and whether he was worthy of the I think he was the number five pick, wasn't he? Oh whether he's he was the no, no, Oh wait, Randolph or five number one already. Oh uh, Aldrich. He was number one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, so I mean I've, I've there's been questions about whether he's been number one, but I mean I'm sure that he will quite easily show that he's a dominant centre in the future. Well, if his potentials are off the charts, I mean, if he yeah. actually hits anywhere near these, he'll be the best player in the league. <laughs> I mean, at the moment, I'll just put it up now. At the moment, his stats are ridiculously good for his age. I mean, he's still got a ridiculous amount of years to develop. I mean, if he plays all all the time for Cleveland, I can't see why he wouldn't get these, any of these potentials. So, yeah, I mean, Cleveland would be an interesting uh, thing to see how they develop over the next couple of years for sure. Yeah. And oh, I saw something mentioned about the East playoff. I think it was the Kings GM said you shouldn't really care about where you are in the East playoffs because you're going to have to go through Detroit at some point anyway. And I agree with that because it doesn't matter if you play them in the first round or the Eastern Conference Finals. You're not going to have home court advantage. You're going to have to go through them at some point. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I think in any playoff situation, you want to be in at least the top four, don't you? I mean, in a playoff situation. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to go through Detroit in the East. I mean, you know, if, if I was sitting there and I was probably Philadelphia or um, Charlotte at the moment, I mean, I'd still want that top three. Definitely would want the top three. I mean. Because then it just gives you better matchups before you face the choice, so you can rest players and you can perhaps try a few different things out as well. You know, see how it matches up, and then when you get to Detroit, you've got a much better picture of how you want to face them. And even though you won't have that home court advantage, I mean, you never know. I mean, it's the playoffs at the end of the day. You know, anything can happen. Yeah, I mean, in my experience. Detroit has a tendency to gain steam as the playoffs go along, so sometimes it's actually better to play them earlier on. But I think Ryan might take a look at that this year because last year he rested his players down the stretch, like the last 15 games of the regular season. So they kind of started out first round slow, but then they gained steam. And he was wondering if there's some kind of effect in DDS, like uh, momentum or chemistry going on. Yeah, maybe. I mean, obviously I wasn't here last year, so um, I don't really know. But uh, I think, you know, at the end of the day, playoffs, anything can happen. I mean, sure, you might want to face Detroit first because of that momentum like you were talking about. But, I mean, what would you rather do, get knocked out the first round or get knocked out in the conference finals, you know? Yeah. Well, no, it's it's always better to have at least one series uh, with home court advantage. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
So yeah, I mean, this it's been definitely been an interesting one uh, this season. Hopefully, I mean, ourselves at Phoenix, we can push on and try and get as competitive as we can. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's been definitely very interesting. Um, like I said, I mean, I wrote the that blog uh, a couple of days ago about just a couple of things for new GMs. I mean, those are the kind of things that I uh, five main things that I thought that if you're coming into this league firsthand, you kind of got to make sure you do that because. Um, You've got to make sure that you're aware of the situation. I mean, one of the biggest factors I found was some of the real-life players in NLL um, aren't the same as their real-life counterparts. Yeah. So that's one of the biggest things to get your head around, I think, to begin with. So. Yeah, that's one issue I had. Well, I mean, everyone had it when we first started. It was The program was total pro basketball then. Yeah. And, uh, I was just thinking about real NBA players, and I it took me a while to get coordinated with looking at the ratings and everything. Yeah, yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely, yeah, definitely a main thing to uh, pick up on, I would say. Yeah, because here Gerald Green is one of the best players, and yeah, exactly, that's a very good example. <laughs> I mean, and uh, DeAndre Jordan, I think his name is. Yeah, it's a bit of a can might become a bit of a star in this and yeah. you know in real life is obviously nothing like that so yeah yeah i thought your article was good just to be patient and make sure you get the general lay of the team so you know what is going on before you make any rush uh decisions yeah i mean obviously i mean i think it varies team to team but i mean at phoenix i mean I was getting offers left, right, and centre. I think the first week I took over, just I had no idea what who they were and what the offers were really. I mean, I was trying, still trying to get my head around it. Didn't want to get rushed into making anything like straight away because I know obviously the main interest was for James Johnson and Haddad in. You know, I'd never heard of these guys, and I was trying to get my head around. Are they good players or not? You know, I want to see how they perform first. You know, so obviously it was quite a smart move just to not do anything for a week and just to wait and see what happens. Yeah. Well, it was good talking to you today, and I hope to have you back on sometime. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Uh, Thank you for having me on, and uh, I hope these podcasts go pretty well over the next couple of weeks. All right, talk to you later.